Once you know human behavior and you know direct response copywriting, I really believe you're on the most important and fast path to millions of dollars. If you don't understand human behavior and psychology, and you don't understand direct response copywriting, you're toast. Hey, it's Brendan dropping in here on something special. I think the most important thing you can do in your life is to train yourself for real personal growth and success. What does that mean anyway? Well, you have to train your mindset and train your discipline so you can follow real habits of success so that you can break through, so you can win the day more often, so you can crush through all those fears and actually unlock your real potential for abundance and happiness and power and joy. But how? Well, like all learning and all breakthroughs, you have to choose first to learn, to learn from the best, to invest in yourself, to do the work, to do the daily work. You have to train with the best, and that's why we created Growth Day's Mastery Program. Listen, we're going to train you to make self-improvement a real way of life, to unlock your positive attitude and attributes at a whole new level, to get you way more productive and influential, to show you the life and career strategies that make you unstoppable and really work. But how do we do that? Well, Every single week, we bring you a new $50,000 or $100,000 keynote speaker, multimillionaire, or world's foremost expert to switch your brain into high-performance mode, to teach you what really works in wellness, in health, in mindset, in productivity. People who really help you unblock and move ahead with really practical strategies for changing your life, your relationships, your health, your career, your mission, your purpose. Every month, we unlock a new course that would have cost you thousands of dollars to buy from other teachers on brain health or positive psychology or confidence. Every year, we give you free tickets to an unbelievable motivational and transformational seminar. Every day, I give you an advanced life coaching audio to keep your mind sharp, energized, focused, motivated, confident, ready to serve and to lead and to win and build your greatest future at the levels you dream of. And I promise you, you are capable of. Every day can truly be a growth day for you, but it takes mastery in life. And that's why we have our new program, Mastery Level in Growth Day. You can go to yearofmastery.com and it will direct you to our best program in Growth Day. This is for those who really want the advanced level, who really want to break through, who are tired of, hey, listen, podcasts are great, but training is another level. Go to yearofmastery.com. You deserve to join the world's number one membership for advanced personal growth and success right now. This is a membership of the real people doing the real work who have a positive mindset, a growth mindset, a willingness to be a role model, to be a leader, to serve, who desperately and deeply and joyfully love personal development, to challenge themselves, to push themselves, to achieve great things in life. Go to yearofmastery.com. Let's go. Yearofmastery.com. You deserve to be selling more. You deserve to be making more and engaging more. But a lot of people just don't know how to write. 
And because they don't think of how to write for their customers or their clients, they're just going off the top of their head with what they know, and that is not sufficient to make the connection you all need to make. I know this is a hot topic. You guys have been asking this for a long time. I mean, there's so much changing out there. Don't you feel like that? You know, there's always, there's always some new app or some new tool or some new site or some new thing or some new launch or some new strategy. But what I love and what's made the difference in my career is what has not changed and will never change, no matter the technology, no matter the tool, good copy. What makes good copy today is the same that made good copy 80 years ago. Because we'll, we have, you know, we've got like versions of systems 2.0, but we're never gonna have a human 2.0. Like, right, we're, we're all human. We've been human for 50 years. We're, we're like, we're, we're in this place where it's like, it's not gonna change the emotions that you need to tap, speak to, cultivate, leverage in your copywriting will never change. How the human brain processes information, sorts things, prioritizes things, busts out some logic and deals with life. All the same. So it's nice. Once you know human behavior and you know direct response copywriting, I really believe you're on the most important and fast path to millions of dollars. If you don't understand human behavior and psychology and you don't understand direct response copywriting, you're toast. So let's talk about those two things. Human behavior. On every decision and everything you should ever write, you should always remember people have an emotional side and a logical. They used to call it right brain and left brain. They don't do that anymore because, well, some people do. They just need to study recent neuroscience. Because very rarely is that designation being used anymore because the idea that the right brain only does this, the left brain only does this, or this lobe only that or that is being found more and more to be untrue. The brain is like a giant spider web of interconnectedness. And when this part lights up, these parts do too. And it's not one left brain, one right brain. But that idea that we have an emotional side and we have a logical side and that the two work together to make decisions and the two overlap and synthesize, that's important to know. So you're always writing copy thinking of those two elements. You're also writing copy for direct response. And direct response is where you ask people to go do something. You ask them for a direct action. Click that button, hit that like, tag somebody, buy that thing. That's direct response, right? One idea is talking generally about something like, hey, aren't candy bars really great? The other one says, go buy this candy bar. That's direct response versus just talking, right? And so direct response, when combined with human psychology, that's the path to millions and millions of dollars in any industry today. So you've got to understand both. I'm going to give you some simple ways to think about that and to form your own copy. Okay, so let's begin. I've got six key ideas for you today that makes great copy, okay? The first thing you have to know is that you don't have to write the copy. And so the first takeaway today is use the customer's exact phrases for your copy. You don't have to write your copy. You need to let your customers write the copy. You need to ask them questions and listen to them, coach with them, work with them, conversate with them so you finally learn the exact phrases your customers are saying. Because when you learn their exact words, 
Their words become your copywriting. Their words become the most relevant and important thing that you could ever connect with them with. Like when I do a sales video, when I'm doing a sales video, I'm constantly thinking and preparing and writing down everything my customers have ever told me related to that topic. So if I'm gonna do, like the big total product blueprint launch we just did, 26 seven-figure launch, 26. People are like, how do you do that? Well, when I go to prepare for that, the consistency we get with our sales is because I'm always looking to see what you guys are asking, saying in the comments area, listening to my students, coaching my students, and little phrases that my students say, I write them down, I write them down, I write them down. Then when I go to a sales video and think through the copy of that or think through the, the sales text of a page, most of the major words or arguments are actually what the customers have taught me. Like when they, if I ask them questions like, what is it you're trying to do and accomplish this year? What are the major roadblocks that get in your way? What do you believe is possible? What have you tried that didn't work? What is it that you think your first step should be? What prevents you from taking your first step? I listen to that and I write those things down. And that becomes literally, I use their words and their phrases. And I just think that if you're writing most of your copy from your perspective and from your head, you're immediately at a disadvantage. And my advantage has always been, I know I'm not that smart. So knowing that I'm not that smart, I let the customers inform me and I listen to them and I trust them and I believe them. And I learn from them and I go, oh, when she describes chasing this dream, she says it like this. When he says, this is what prevents him from doing that, I'm gonna take that. I'm, I'm gonna say, listen, you're probably thinking that what's gonna prevent you from succeeding is, and I'll use his exact words, da 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 But let me share something with you. There's a different possibility. And so it's the customer's words that form the whole thing. Now, what categories? of things do you need to think about in when you're describing the customer's exact phrases? A couple of things to think about. When I'm trying to capture the customer's exact phrases, here's some things I'm listening to. First, I'm listening to exactly how they describe their dream. Like when they say they wanna make more money online, I'll say like, well, tell me more about that. What does that mean to you? And what if you did make more money online? What if you did achieve that goal? What would your life be like if you achieved that goal? Describe to me how would you feel if you achieved that goal? What steps do you think it would take to achieve that goal? All that I'm collecting. I'll also collect, so that's like, think about like, that's the dream or the possibility or the opportunity. Have them describe it to you. Tell me about like, what do you want? What would it look like? What would it feel like? What would it take to get there? I listen for that. I also listen for their problems. Like, well, what gets in your way? Or what do you think is a problem? What's a barrier? What's a challenge? and I'll just start collecting that information and writing down. Sometimes you can do this, like if you're wondering how I'd collect it, it might be one-on-one, -on -one. it might be a small group, I'm recording it, it might be I send out a survey, but either way I'm gonna capture it. So first thing is the possibility, the opportunity, the dream. Second thing is the problem, like what they're like stuck at, like where they don't receive it. Third is, I ask them, how would you want help? What do you think would help you achieve this? Like describe to me like 
what you would help. They say, well, I want one-on-one -on -one attention. Okay, what does that mean? What would you want from the one-on-one -on -one attention? Or, you know, I'd want, um, you know, a download. Okay, tell me about the ideal download. What does it teach you to do? And just let them architect this whole thing for you by listening and listening and listening. And then you wanna also talk about price. Be like, okay, if you had a system or something to put that all together for you, like, how would you know it would be a value? Like, how would you pick a price for that? And let them talk about it for a while. And maybe you don't agree with what they say on the price because everyone wants something for free, but you learn like, well, how do you know how to value that? What would that be worth to you? Why would that be worth so much? Where's the value there for you? And just keep digging, keep digging, keep digging. Then ask them, what else would you want? What else would help? The what else conversation is like everything in marketing. Like for you to collect copy information, what else? What else gets in the way? What else would help? Also, I think this is really important. The exact phrase is on, what have you tried before that did not work? What are you worried would not work? Do you believe you could do this? Why or why not? All of that is gonna inform great marketing copy. If you pose those, that could be your exact sales letter. Just collecting that from people. The possibility, the problems, what they've tried, what they want, what do they think it's worth, what else they think they need, if they think they could do it. There's your outline and you're good to go. So I just think it's really important that you don't have to feel like a great writer to make money doing this. When I began, I was a terrible marketing copywriter. I literally couldn't write marketing copy. And then I did it so much that for me, I started learning how they thought because I asked so many questions and now it's easy. I know how my customers think. I know their barriers because I've asked it a million times. I've been doing this a long time, but I still make sure I do it. Before we roll out Total Product Blueprint again, and we hadn't rolled out in a couple of years, I reached out to former students. I said, what was your experience? What did you learn? I asked a bunch of these types of questions and it really informed my new sales video when I was preparing for it. So I think that's really, really important. Number two, in marketing sales copy, you should emphasize what life is without the decision. Meaning, if they don't buy your thing or take the action you're suggesting today, what are the negative consequences that show up in their life in the future? Your copy, you have to always think that one of the most emotional tugging things on people when they're reading something is the fear of missing out, is the, if I don't do something, this negative thing happens, or if I don't do something, this negative thing keeps happening. Negative consequences. You need to have words and descriptions and a clear vision of what's the negative consequence. If they keep on the same path and they don't buy your thing, do your thing, take your suggestion, what would life be like? Now, a lot of new marketers and salespeople, they avoid this because it makes them feel like guilty. They're like, oh, I don't want to say that to them. But listen, if it's your job to sell, to build your business and to help your customer, then you have to learn to describe negative consequences, you know? And learning to do that, you can do that, for, again, from using exact customer phrases. Talked about like, hey, have you thought about doing this before, but you didn't do it? What happened? And listen to what they say. But you also have to be willing to upfront tell people. Like when I sell something, I'm like, hey, listen, 
if you don't get this, will you be fine? Probably, but then you're probably gonna go out and buy thousands of dollars of other programs, try to piece it together or in the perfect plan, cost you six or seven to eight months, and what's gonna happen is a year from now, you're gonna be in the same place, just more confused. So do you wanna be in a different place in a year from now and more clear, or the same place and more confused? That's the choices. And saying that, I have no problem saying that because I believe it to be true because I do so much work to create great products and programs. I know you do that too. So I want you to emphasize life without the decision. If you don't take this, here's some things that could possibly happen. And you need to write that or say that. And some of you are like, but I'm just talking about copywriting for my blog, Brandon. How should I think about it? Well, the corollary to this is you've got to paint the perfect picture of the future for people. Great copywriting tends to live in the future, not today. Because people are attracted to new, people are attracted to the future, people want a clear description of what their life could be like when it's better, no matter what you're selling. If you're selling a bottle of water, if you're selling a phone, if you're selling some swag, if you're selling a course. No matter what you are selling, People want to know how their life is better with it. So the corollary is you need to have that description. But great copy, and that's what this session is about, is often about the things people miss. And what most people miss is the negative consequences. Maybe they start with, they're like, you know, here's a problem, you don't know how to do this, and your life is like this, and it sucks. But then they're like, and I got the solution, and here's how it's great. But they completely miss that bottom part, which would say, and if you don't do it, here's some negative consequences. And they don't do it because it feels shady to them, it feels like sales to them, it feels like pushy for them. Like that's the part, the negative consequence part is where most people fall off of sales because they feel like that's the pushy part. And people need the pushy part. Trust me, I struggle with this one too. It's like, how do I do this authentically, ethically, but with real precision. And the way that I do that is I know the consequences. Meaning you need to know the alternative decisions your customers can make. You need to know your other competitors and what they offer versus what you offer. Because you can articulate that. This is a good place for that. Hey, listen, um, if you don't do this today, I just feel like I would be underserving you. And I want to really sell you hard today. I want to tell you why this is important. I want to tell you this is important because I know what everyone else has out there. And they've got great programs that do these things. I'm not disparaging them. But what they're missing are these things. And if you don't sign up today, you're going to miss these things. And these things are critical to your success or critical to your enjoyment or critical to this product. And so your job is to know what's missing because you know the field, you know the market and then demonstrate that, like you're gonna miss this thing, and if you don't get this thing, and that is a good way to do that, this with integrity, that you'll really connect with. Okay, number three. If you're selling something, and that's kind of the, the genesis of this session here, is you're writing a marketing copy that sells. If you're selling something, number three, you need to build the price juxtaposition. And I know most of you know this, but I also know most of you don't do it. Price juxtaposition means before you announce any given price at this level, you talk about other expenses 
or costs or prices that are bigger. So it's like a funnel, right? It's like the conversation are these big expenses and prices that it would take normally to do something, but then when you announce your price, it's smaller, and they're like, oh, that sounds like a deal versus these other things. If you announce price, or you tell your call to action, and you have not yet built up the enormity of the price, expense, time, effort, energy, and hassle, and you just announce the price, they're like, there's no context to the price. They're like, now they're just going off of bias. Sounds like a lot, or isn't a lot. But listen, if you do a good job of before announcing price, describe the time, effort, energy, hassle, problems that you incurred to solve this problem, and that they would incur to solve this problem, and you announce price exhibitions, things like, how much it would take to work with you one-on-one, -on -one, and that's more expensive, or how much it would take for you to go find other resources, and that's more expensive. And then all of a sudden, but to work with me today, or to get this product today, or to buy this thing today, it's only this much. When it feels like a deal, that's when you know you did price juxtaposition well. If it doesn't feel like a deal, then you didn't do price juxtaposition well. Because listen, we often think that the value, listen to this, this is a master sales mindset. We think that the deal comes from how much we offer them, like the number of components, the number of bullet points, the number of features, right? We think that the price is based on competition, how much better ours is. We think it's based on the benefits. Price valuation is only as valuable as the price juxtaposition. You could have a million dollar item and describe the million dollar item absolutely perfectly. And then when you say it's worth a million dollars, we go, ah, even though it's obviously worth a million dollars. You could literally have a diamond, a huge, gorgeous diamond, right? And a piece of paper from 17 governments that says, this diamond is worth a million dollars. Do you want to buy it for a million dollars? They'll go, Sounds too expensive. They won't buy it. The price, the face value of a thing is not the value that the consumer gives it. So your master stroke is figuring out that the real value they give it comes from price juxtaposition. So imagine, here's diamond, here's piece of paper saying the diamond's worth this much. They're like, wah, wah. But you say, let me tell you about this diamond. It took 400 men to dig down 700 feet in the most remote region that exists on this planet to find this diamond. They pulled out cargo loads, and the world's leading experts spent thousands of hours sorting through every other speck of dirt, every other black piece of coal they had to chop up to find that diamond, to find this one diamond, this one diamond. I had to go out and insure this piece, this diamond, and just to get the insurance policy for this thing was $7 million to insure this thing. Years of man-hour effort to make the perfect thing. We took it out, and we showed the world experts, and they were like, that's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And that's what you have available today today. Can't find it anywhere else, and you certainly aren't gonna dig down that time. You're not gonna take the time, expense, energy, 
and effort. It took seven years to bring this to you. Now when you say it's worth a million dollars, there's context. Without context, price is bias. With context, price is justified. So don't forget all of that stuff. You know, I'm using a, like a facetious metaphor here, but it all adds up to the value of the thing. Never forget, the story of the thing, the hardship, the time, energy, and effort to make the thing, get the thing, and to save the customer time, energy, effort from having to do it themselves is just as valuable as the thing. The story of creating the thing and the story of preventing them from having to create it or go through the miles, that story proves the point just as much as your bullet points of what module one is or what product feature A, B, and C are. And you've got to know that. It's the missing element in almost every copy, almost every sales video I've ever seen. I'm like, their price juxtaposition is too weak. It's one sentence long. Their price juxtaposition is like, it usually costs $75,000 to work with me. So today is a great deal if you buy my $2,000 thing. And that's all they say. That is not enough context. That, like, that almost feels like a slap in the face to the customer, right? You need to build story and copy there to help that thing happen. Okay, uh, Jeff Kowachak asks, when it comes to creating products, is there a strategy or sequence to follow in the copy and content similar to the content pyramid for how you should build the lessons in a course? Should you emphasize the theory more in higher level offerings or at a certain point, the content structure? Uh, what Jeff is referring to is at Experts Academy, I teach a thing called the content pyramid, where you're learning to think at different levels of content from you know, theory to, to tactical, to transformational, to transcendent types of content. They're different, right? And in terms of creating products, there is a sequence and that content is very similar to the, Jeff, if you were at Experts Academy or you've seen the content pyramid, the create anything framework, where that's start with that as a strategy or a sequence, like begin with those elements. And then once you get into the meat of the teaching, then you're teaching in sequential order for what the customer needs to know, right? That customer needs to know step one, two, three, four, five, six, and you have to just think through the chronological order. Up until that point, you're really answering that question of, okay, have you ever had with these struggles? Have you ever dealt with these struggles? Me too. Here's how I overcame them. Here's this overall description of the system or the answer. Here's the things you have to know to be able to use it. Now let's go into the system. Here's module one, module two, module three, module four. Here's what not to do, here's what you should do, and here's your first step. That's kind of the order. I hope that helps you. Great questions. Laura, if someone uses a phrase or has an idea that's put out there in the general public, not on a published form, can that idea or phrase be used in a different application or does that constitute copyright? Um, Laura, it depends. And you're always gonna have to consult your lawyer. Um, but to your question, typically, if it's just a phrase, absolutely not. Unless they've used that phrase as a service mark, right? A trademark is like a title, is like a process, a, uh, is like a framework. A service mark might be like a slogan. And so some people, they might copyright or trademark their slogan, and in the use of 
that category of business, you can't use that phrase. Usually phrases, if it's general, it's in general, uh, it's in general nature, like people say it, it's common, no problem. But if they've used it in commerce or as a service mark and they have registered it, you can't use it anywhere else in any application relating to that industry or to that product category. I'll give you an example. Like I'm wearing a shirt today, we have a bunch of new swag. And this phrase, like honor the struggle, no one else can put this on any other product anywhere in the world because we use it for commerce and we trademarked it and registered it, right? So it's our, it's my thing. Like bring the joy, that's my thing. No one can use that without our permission or licensing or giving us money. That's my thing I trademarked. So your first job is to see, have other people protected it? The copyright is there, but copyright is traditionally for longer form, not for short phrases, okay? And not for use in commerce. So your first job, if you ever have any question, is to go and search, did somebody trademark it? Right, just go, just type in Google, trademark research, right? Trademark search, and you'll find the government sites and lots of other sites that can help you search through that. Then your job is, if you're unsure, consult a legal advisor. And like, hey, can you do a trademark search? Find a legal person who specializes in trademark search and see if anyone else has ever claimed it in commerce to see if you can use it. And that's what's important. And if all else fails, contact the author who you saw using it and ask them if you have permission to use it. I hope that helps. Great question. Let's see. Raphael. Do you think there are cultural differences regarding what works in marketing copy? For instance, do Europeans like less of an aggressive sales tone of voice than Americans? Uh, Raphael, no. I don't think there is cultural differences regarding what works in marketing copy. Because the same elements always have to be there. But to your second point, you are right. Tone matters in different cultures. Every tone has its own rhythm and pace. Except that's not true either. And here's why. Because there's no such thing as culture, right? You say, wow, do Latin Americans like a certain marketing copy? That's at base an ignorant question. Why? Because there is no Latin American monolithic preference, right? Right, it's not like, oh, all Cubans like this, and you know, all Asians like this, like that thinking needs to be just removed from our thinking. We really think like, it's not like, oh, hey, all bajillion people of this heritage or this background or this ethnicity believe the same thing, right? I'm related to two other men called my brothers. Now, we're all like French, Vietnamese, German, and English heritage. Guess what? We're kind of like, we all check the card of like white and we are completely different. The way you sell my brother Brian is not the way you sell me and is not the way you sell David. We're different humans. Your job is to find a specific subset of a culture of humans called your buyers. And your job is to speak your buyer's language, not a demographic language. Got it? That's what's important. We always mistake and we want to like, oh, people tell me all the time, well, Brendan, women don't like when you say that. I'm like, really? Half the population all feels exactly the same way? Because I don't know 
I've known a few women in my life and they are different. One of them, they're totally okay buying something at GNC. Another one, they're only gonna buy it at a super spa boutique, different. Same background, same culture, different buyer preferences. You need to know your buyer profile. Who is gonna write you a check or do a checkout with their credit card at the price point you want? And it's not gonna be a cultural thing as much as it's gonna be a buyer thing. And you need to know that. To the point of marketing, Raphael, all marketing copy has to have the possibility, has to have the problem, has to have story. All of it has to have a clear description of the features, a clear description of the benefits, a clear description of what else they get, a clear description of why it's worth the price point. All of these things have to be in great marketing copy, whether that's that happens all at once on one page, or it's a series of promotions over email, like all those elements, when you unlock all of them, you get higher conversions. Now, some people say, well, Brendan, all those things don't have to be there. You can just put a shiny object in front of people and say, buy it, it's cool. And lots of people will do that. But if you wanna increase conversions, all marketing copy needs the elements of those things I talked about, in addition to urgency, scarcity, authority, like all the basics, those all live here. I'm trying to go a little bit beyond the basics and talk about the things that people miss, but yeah, possibility, problem, feature, benefit, authority, scarcity, price juxtaposition, those elements always gotta be there. I hope that helps. Let's see, Adriana Zangarini, do you think it's a good idea to hire a copywriter before we create online products? My answer is no. My answer for most people is the most important thing you can learn if you are selling anything of your own and you wanna sell things of your own in your career year over year over year over year over year is for you to learn copywriting yourself. I think it is one of those skills that people go, oh, I'm not a writer. I'm like, I wasn't a copywriter. Oh, I'm not a person that does, I'm like, I wasn't a person who sold things. If it's a skill set that is relevant and important to your long-term success, learn it, then outsource it. So for me, like I did my own video, I did my own audio, I did my own copywriting, I did my own social media, I did my own swag, I did my own books, I did everything by myself so that I knew the skills critical for me to succeed. Now people always say, well, Brennan, not everyone can do all that. I'm like, I didn't come out of the womb saying, I have things to sell. I had to learn how to sell things just like you do. So first, I would say learn the skills. People say, where would I learn the skills? I think Digital Marketer has great copywriting courses. So Digital Marketer or DM Labs. So Digital Marketer. Um, just type in Digital Marketer copywriting course. I think they have great ones. And I'm not affiliated with them in any way and I don't receive money. I think Marie Forleo has a great copywriting course. I think that Eben Pagan has great copywriting courses. I think that um, John Carlton is like one of the OGs and maybe one of the better ones, John Carlton, C-A-R-L-E-T-O-N. These guys are all great. There's tons of courses. I think learn the skill. To your question of do you need to have a copywriter before an online product? Absolutely no. You need to know instead what's the curriculum you want to build for the customers. 
know the curriculum that you need to build for the customers, build the product, and then you, and if you did hire a copywriter, you go through and you find the ways to explain the gold in there that is necessary for them to buy it. Hey gang, it's Brendan. I'm gonna change gears real quick and talk about another show here on the Growth Day Podcast Network, Lori Harder. Her show is called Earn Your Happy. This is a monster podcast if you've never heard of it before. Earn Your Happy is all about Lori talking with people and sharing her own journey of being an entrepreneur and trying to find happiness in life. And I love her phrase, earn your happy. You know, if you've ever heard me tell my car accident story, I felt like at that moment, I got life's golden ticket, that second chance, but I also felt like this, this feeling that I had to earn it, to earn that second chance. So when I got to know Lori, and she told me her show was called Earn Your Happy. I was like, ah, oh, it's one of my favorite words in the English language, earn. To earn the gifts we've been given, to earn the life that we want, to work for it, to strive for it. I just love it. And Lori is like listening to her episodes. I told her the other day, I was like, it's kind of like listening to a best friend talk about you know their ambitions and what they're trying to do and she's such a great interviewer as well, by the way, that I think you're gonna get new perspectives about life. You'll laugh a lot, you'll be motivated, and you'll learn from somebody who's out there actually doing the work, building a great business and life and family. Go subscribe to Lori Harder's podcast. It's called Earn Your Happy. You can subscribe anywhere you're listening, including right now on this platform. So please go subscribe to Lori Harder's Earn Your Happy podcast. Hey all, it's Brendan, and I wanna make sure that you go check out growthday.com. It's an all-in-one personal development platform where you can do everything you would like to do for personal development in one place. You can capture your mindset journaling, set your goals, track your habits and improve them, take wellness challenges, and learn from the highest powered, highest paid, most respected motivational teachers, wellness coaches, and life coaches in the world live every week. One trial, we just call it Starter, that's where you're just using the tools. You know, it's the Mindset Journal where we prompt you with tons of research-backed prompts to help you become more positive, confident, self-aware, and happy. We've got your goal tracking system. That's where you set your personal development goals and reminders, so like reminders to meditate or reminders to call your partner and flirt or you know reminders to make sure that you do this one project. It's also got, importantly, your habit tracking system. This is where you can track your high performance habits, which we teach you to do. And then you receive targeted scores and recommended videos to improve those. Our pro level now includes live classes. You know, we've got the best teachers in all of personal and professional development, period, in the app. These folks all charge over $50,000 for a one hour keynote, but they're live every single month in growth day teaching for 45 minutes. Then we have what we call all access. And that's where you get the tools, 
plus the live classes, but also over 20 deep dive, powerful life transformative courses. So these courses, these classes, these are things that would cost over $3,000 a month to access. But Growth Day Pro, as an example, is less than a buck a day. Your personal development is worth a dollar a day. Your access to these people is worth a dollar a day. But you can start free right now when you go to growthday.com. Number four, let's get back to it. I've shared a couple of things. Number one, I said, use the customer's exact phrases. Number two, emphasize what life is without the decision. Number three, build price juxtaposition. Number four, avoid filler sentences that don't move the action. Okay, this is the best practice in all of writing, right? It's called trimming the fat. It's you need to get rid of sentences and descriptions that don't move the person towards the thing you're trying to move them towards. A lot of people when they write copy, they write too many sentences and they start going in a loop. They say the same thing four, five, six, seven, eight, nine times. You don't need to say the same thing four, five, six, seven, eight, nine times. You need to say it one time and move on. And so what's really important in marketing copy is to be succinct and sparse. Succinct means say it in few words, right? Say it simply and clear. Sparse means don't feel like you have to say it over and over. Say it once and say it as minimally efficiently as you can. Like, it's really important not to overdo it. And I think what happens is when you try to sell something, you just want to keep convincing and convincing and convincing and convincing. But in marketing copy, get rid of all of it. If it's not moving towards the action, get rid of it. Also, notice the phrase here. It says, avoid filler sentences that don't move the action. So get rid of it extraneous or extra sentences that don't need to be there. But notice the word action. You want your sentences to paint a picture or to have an emotion that makes me feel like we're moving through this copy. Like it should be fast. It should, like, I should feel a pace and a feeling to your marketing copy, right? That's why you might do a one, if you do two long sentences, add in a short choppy sentence, right? Mix it up so it feels like, like that kind of feeling, that pentameter that makes me read, and it's like, that's good. If it's like droning on and on with you and your long sentences, my peoples, most of us, because we don't take the time, our sentences are way too long and we repeat the same thing. It's the number one problem in copy. It's the number one problem in social media marketing today. Like people, say in one like post in Instagram, they'll use a sentence with 20 words in it when a sentence with seven, with one emotional adjective or verb would have been 10 times more powerful. And so strip it all down, say it very simply, and then add an emotional word in there. Easy, right? So you could say, the cat jumped the fence, ran around the house, ate some food, bit the kid, right? <laughs> or you can say the cat jumped the house and angrily bit the kid. I mean, like, it, I don't, that, that made no sense whatsoever, but you get the idea. Like, who cares about the, took a detour to eat the food? Get rid of it. Like, get to the action. The action is bit the kid. We need to go from here to biting the kid. 
as fast as possible, okay? Same thing in your marketing copy. If you're describing a feature and a benefit, don't do feature, 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 and here's a million reasons the features are great, and then benefit, it's like feature, benefit. Just like get to the action. The benefit is the so what of the feature. So it's like, this is a metal can imprinted with words that you put hot and cold liquids in and keeps it for a long time. Those hot and cold liquids stay hot and cold longer because it is a metal canister and you will like it. What? It's like this incredible can will make sure your hot and cold liquids stay hotter longer or colder longer so that you can sew that, so that you can enjoy your beverages throughout the day longer. Great, easy, right? You don't have to say all that other stuff, just get rid of it. So there's just simple ways to explain things and sell things and get at it. Get rid of your filler sentences. And please, for my Instagrammies and my long Facebook posters and my blog posters, please stop using so many words. It's too long. Add more flowery emotional language in and cut out the rest of the language. It will move it faster, right? It will just keep that clip going. You'll notice the great posters, they're not using long sentences after long sentences in every single format. Okay, let's see. Susan Gregory says, I find so many people respond to emails when they are first mailed, but then later in the day, they're almost cold. Do you find the same? What advice can you give about this issue? So thanks so much. Um, I believe what you're saying is that, yeah, time really matters in the emails that you're sending. Meaning, yeah, it's like, People tend to look at their emails in blocks of two to four hours. That's it. Even people who check it a lot, if they check it a lot, they're only gonna go back a couple hours. So of course, once you mail it in the morning, by night, no one's looking at it. That's just life, right? The only thing you can do to increase engagement is to absolutely destroy that subject line. Susan, you gotta write great subject lines. Does your subject line stoke curiosity? If it doesn't stoke my curiosity, I'm not gonna open it, right? It's just like if you have a Christmas gift and you know it's, you already know what's in it, you're not gonna pick that one to open first. You're gonna open this one over here that looks curious and you don't know what's in it, huh? So you gotta write subject that makes them go, what's in this thing? What's he talking about? What's this about? Like you want that effect where they're like, what is this? Huh? Really? Surprise, curiosity. Those two things, surprise and curiosity, are the absolute two best ways to be people open subject line. The third best thing is a personal reveal, right? A personal emotional reveal. You know, like it could be as simple as, I was so sad. Wait, Brendan's sad? What's so sad? Like, I was so sad. What's he sad about? It's personal. I. It's emotional, sad, it stokes curiosity. I was so sad, what were you sad about? Like that is gonna get a lot of opens versus just like, you know, open to learn these three things about dealing with difficult times. Blah, you know, three ways, subject line, three ways to deal with difficult times. Blah, boring, but I was so sad, different. You follow? That's good copy. Okay, number five. Fifth big idea, tell them it's possible over 
and over even if they're new to whatever you're doing. Okay, this is hugely important, okay? Whatever you're selling, whatever marketing copy you're doing, you have to tell the user, the person reading, that they can do it or that it will work for them, even if they have no idea, right? It doesn't matter what you're selling. If you're selling a Ginsu knife, you have to say, even if you've never done these advanced chop, 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 chop motions in the kitchen, this knife you can use for anything, even if you're not an experienced chef. You have to say that to people, right? When I teach marketing, I have to say, listen, even if you've never done marketing before, this system or these steps will work for you because I've broken it down step by step. And you've got to say this over and over. This is the only area in your marketing copy that I will let you loop to, meaning you'll say it several times throughout a marketing page, that people need to be told, you can do this, you can do this, believe in yourself, you deserve this, let's go. No matter your stage of life or experience, this is possible for you. Oh my God, you have to say it a million times. The number one objection for people isn't, is what you have of good value. The number one objection of people is, will that work for me? And if you don't hit this point of telling them it's possible over and over, even if they're new, they won't believe it will work for them. And I've seen millions of you know, pieces of copy and paragraphs in my life, and I have noticed everyone forgets this one. People need a lot of cheering on. People need like almost a disheartening amount of cheering on. Most people live doubtful lives. And I wish I didn't have to tell you that because I'm not a pessimist and I'm a hopeful person. I'm an optimist. I believe in human transformation and I know everyone's capacity to change. And most people live doubtful lives. So they're flooded in doubt. They're flooded in doubt because their self-talk they haven't mastered, they haven't done the personal development to master their self-talk. So their self-talk in their head is the same self-talk they had when they were high schoolers or college kids. It just is. Except now it's loaded with even more doubt because most people integrate the failures of their life into that self-talk. So their self-talk is full of doubt. Most people don't know how to support other people's dreams because they get threatened by that. So most people are surrounded by doubters, haters, disbelievers. And so their spouse doesn't believe in them. Their family doesn't believe in them. Some of their team doesn't believe in them. And so they don't believe in themselves. And so you've got to be that motivating force in your copy that believes them, that cheers them on, that tells them they're valuable, that tells them it's possible. That you've got to know that most people don't believe in themselves and most people around them don't believe in them. And so you've got to do a phenomenal job on a consistent basis in all of your emails and all of your marketing copy, whether you are selling something right then or not, of cheering people on, cheering people on, cheering people on, over and over and over and over. It's got to be like a drum that you hit so many times that by the time it comes for you to sell something, they go, he believes in me. I'm going to believe in myself a little bit more. And you got to say to them, you literally have to say to people like, hey, I, I say this in all of my sales videos, most of my marketing copy when I'm selling something, say, isn't it time you finally believed in yourself? Listen, you figured out things that were way harder than this. You can paint by the numbers. You can start from scratch. 
just like tons of other people did, and you can take step one. But you gotta believe in yourself, and you deserve that. You've been through enough in life. Like I say stuff like that, that, you know, it, it's not a gimmick. It's I know that's what people need. And you've got to do a better job at that. I know it's really, like it feels gimmicky and it might feel insincere, but go work with more people. And once you work with more people, you realize how doubtful they tend to be and what service you do for them. When you help them find a little bit of confidence to follow their dream or to buy the thing that can help them. And if you're doing a good job, you're selling things that can help people. Okay, with that, Brandy Gilmore. EA was awesome, thank you. At EA, you mentioned that there was a way to protect your work if you put it into a framework. Can you expand on this, please, and how to do it? Yeah, the way to protect your work is to put it in a framework, like a visual framework, and to publish a paper or a book or a blog post on it and put that little TM next to it, right? Because when you've published something, that framework, that concept, your system is protected. Let me give an example, okay? I write this book, High Performance Habits. I could have written it in a million ways and just theoretically kind of wax on and wax off about what makes high performance, but instead, we took what we had and we made that. It's a little framework, right? It says high performance habits. There's personal habits, these are the three. There's social habits, these are the three. No one in the world, no one in the world can teach these elements or any of these elements at all related to the concept of high performance without licensing it from me. No one in the world, because I published it. Now, if you're like, but Brenda, I haven't written a book, then that's okay. Because it's a framework used in your commerce, let's, let's say you're a trainer, if you've ever been paid to train from that framework, now you can get the trademark on it, or you can publish an article and get it copywritten. Now here's the deal. That just gets a copywritten publishing it, whether it's published in a book or it's published in an article. But listen to this. If you publish that same article with that same image and that same framework in it, but you sell the article, now that framework has been used in commerce. You sold that framework as the essential element of your content. Now you can get it registered and trademarked as a system, as a framework, as a process, as a proprietary process. But it has to be sold to be registered officially as a trademark. You can put TM next to anything. We all could, right? But until it's in commerce, until it's been sold, you can't have it registered. Like you can try to register it, but until it's been sold in commerce. So put it up on your website for sale. Have your sisters buy it. And now it's something that's sold, and now it's something you can protect. And that's how to kind of get in the game. Now, I say all that, not knowing your exact situations, y'all, or where you're from, because we're all in different legal jurisdictions, and I have a global audience here. So I have to disclaim that I am not a lawyer, I don't specialize in trademark law or copyright law, and you should seek someone with that definitive legal expertise. I'm just sharing some shortcuts that people take to protect it. Number six, Kalisha Mills was asking, are stories the new trend in copywriting? Also, is intuition copywriting better than a strict writing format? Uh, Kalisha, stories aren't a trend in copywriting. They're the foundation, and they always have been. Pulling people in a great story 
Like people don't understand when I say describe the possibility or the potential, you describe it through story. Like you can have a life like this and you describe it through story. When I say describe a problem, I'm not just saying problem is this. No, you tell little stories, little elements of your story, their story, the customer journey story. Okay, so stories are the foundation. They're not a trend, they are the necessity, they're the foundation. Is intuitive copywriting better than a strict writing format? It depends on what you're writing copy for. If you are writing copy to sell, absolutely not. Like there is a format and that format is what I described to you. Opportunity, problem, expert story positioning, feature, benefit, price juxtaposition, bonuses, guarantee, scarcity. When all of that works together in that format, no one can beat that conversion thing. And I didn't invent that. That's like copywriting 101, that's sales 101. Intuitive writing for copywriting on everything else, absolutely. And you might even just write something, and first, all writing should be intuitive. First, you should always just do a brain dump. Just write from your heart. And then go back and say, oh, did I get these pieces that are important to marketing? Okay, where could I add that in? Or how could I reorder it? So I'm all about intuitive copywriting 100% of the time. But then just know, yeah, there could be technique. There can be things you can go add in. And I re recommend that. Okay, last big piece today. Be way more emotional and cheering on. That sounds a lot like number five. Number five, I said, tell them it's possible over and over, even if they're new. That's all about telling them that's possible, right? Even if they're new. This one is in every single sentence can ask, could I be more emotional in this one? In this sentence, can I be more emotional? In this paragraph, could I be more emotional? In this story, is there an element I could add that's more emotional? Like use languaging that sounds more emotional. And emotional isn't just like, and happy. It's not like happy cry. Emotional is also like, get your heart beaten. Emotional is also like suspense. Emotional is also like the crescendo. Like emotional just, it gets you engaged. You, you, you feel it, you're not just going, yeah, that makes sense. You're like, ooh, I feel that. You want them to feel that. And that emotional copy is what's lacking for most people. And then again, I'll reemphasize the cheering on. I know I mentioned that earlier, but I can't mention enough. You have to cheer people on 20 times more than you expect. Like you, at, at the start of your courses, at the start of every video, at the end of every video, at the start of the sales video, at the end of the video. Like, hey, you could have a life like this. At the end, you can have a life like this if you buy. You can do this, you can do this, you can do this. I believe in you, I believe in you. You have to, I'm like, oh my gosh. I cannot say how much you have to be the person cheering people on. And it sounds like it's crazy, but even like, think about how much they sell the iPhone. When they're selling that iPhone, it is constantly cheering you on to be cool, to use something that's better than everybody else, to join the cool kids. It is cheering you on to be latest edge, have the best, have the best camera. You're somebody who wants the best. It's cheering you on. It's done in a subtle way, but it's certainly right there. You gotta know that you gotta cheer people to join your community, cheer people to buy your stuff, cheer people to take the action, cheer people to believe in themselves. Until next time, please go out there and share your voice. Double down on your goodness. The world needs to see you leading and sharing great information, great content, and great products. So do your work, do it with discipline, and I'll see you next time. 
Hey, it's Brendan from the studio here. I want to jump in one more time and tell you about one of our partners, and that is Kajabi. If you've ever seen any of my marketing online or you have gotten an email from me or you've just admired kind of what we built by selling, you know, 20 plus blockbuster online courses or where I go live in my membership areas or how I accept money online now well over $100 million over the years. How do I do all that? I've always used Kajabi. It's spelled K-A-J-A-B-I. And Kajabi just helps online entrepreneurs take flight because we all have to do the same thing, right? We have to figure out, okay, how do I build a web page? How do I capture emails and send emails and funnels and uh, newsletters? How do I put content up that's for free, but also content up that's behind a paywall that I can charge money for? How do I build those membership sites? How do I organize my podcast or my blog? How do I accept money and create checkouts and order bumps and one-click upsells? How does all of that actually work? You know, if you're a life coach, how do you actually talk to a client and connect with them and schedule with them and serve them and give them a member's portal area? If you're teaching online courses, how do you actually put up the course and set up automations to sell the course and to trigger things like an email to go out when they successfully complete one of your modules? Kajabi does all of that. You even get templates that I helped build and I personally wrote to help you write even better emails to your audience. That's at kajabi.com, K-A-J-A-B-I.com. If you wanted the system that most of us in the thought leader or the expert economy really use and we've relied on for years, go to kajabi.com. Hey, I wanted to hop in here and share with you my love for community.com. Every major celebrity uses this. U.S. presidents use this. The biggest companies in the world use this. They give you a 10-digit phone number, but it's kind of like having an inbox for your texting. You can segment it to people um, and they can reply back. And it's just really cool because you can also send video and you can send audio. And it's so beautiful of a design that it's really easy to figure out. You know, I don't like all those other systems that send out like some weird little code that you just know is like a promotion. The reason they called it community.com is because they really believe you have to have a text community in the modern area. Texting adds a whole other level. People open up their texts way more. It's way more, you know, effective as a promotional vehicle. And it's something that I deeply, deeply believe in. In fact, I invested in them and I've advised the senior team. I'm telling you what, my audience loves it. It's increased the engagement across everything I do. And you can get a free demo when you go to community.com. Just like it sounds, community.com. Check it out.